It's life on life's terms. And here we are once again, the Life on Life Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, uh, and like I always say, uh, we're not affiliated with any 12-step program, although we do advocate them. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and we appreciate them. Uh, I am Chris Mandeville, and we are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., on Quincy Ave. Uh, lots of resources here. Um, there's actually a women's meeting every Thursday night while we record this. Lucky us. No, so. no. Um, hey, wait a minute. And, uh, you know, if you're ever in the neighborhood and you're looking for some stuff to do, come check it out. Um, and our guest tonight is Betty. Hi, you guys. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty. How you doing? We're good. Oh, we're doing good. I'm still going about a million miles an hour after yeah. fighting the traffic to get here and then setting all this stuff up and really not knowing what we're doing yet. So uh, There's you know. a lot of traffic today, a lot of people out. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the sun's out. It's warm. Yeah. You know. Everybody's out. I gas is out. going up. They know people are going to be out. Hey, somebody right. sw- on my Facebook showed it. They were out in California. California. $5 a gallon somewhere. Yes. I don't know where Yikes. they were. But yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. My what? girl's seen something someone put up. It was like almost $7 a gallon. I wait, I'm glad we don't live there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 All right. So, so Betty's going to... Going to tell us how st- her story or, or whatever, or briefly ah. qualify and go into what she's doing now or whatever she wants. And, ah. you know. All right. All right. So I'm Betty, and I am an alcoholic, first of all, and I'm in recovery. I've been in recovery 33 years, or so I'll have 34 years, and um, I go to Alcoholics Anonymous, and that is where I got a lot of my recovery. I'm proud to say that. It changed my whole life. Hell um, yeah. Yeah, you know, and there's so many benefits to being sober. And one of the things that I currently think about being sober is there's so many pathways to recovery. Yeah, like, you know, early in my sobriety, like, I didn't even know about Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, I didn't know of any pathways. But now there's so many different things for to help people get sober. I mean, in my opinion, 12-step program is you know one of the best right um but strongest i mean definitely don't have a monopoly on recovery no oh totally and you know it's so funny you say that because we know it to be true that aa works for some people not everybody right you know and i know my experience has been um not only did i get sober but i ended up working in the field right you know and in different capacities i worked in Women's houses, women's halfway houses, short-term treatment. I worked in jails. I worked in community corrections. And there's so many different avenues that people recover from and through. And What's, what's community corrections? Community corrections is a program. Um, I worked on Martha's Vineyard in community corrections. Yeah. And um, Dukes County... Um, Dukes County House of Corrections and Dukes County Community Correction Center. Community I worked on a House of Corrections in Martha's Vineyard. It was like literally it a, is house. a house. It of is a house of corrections. <laughs> yes, they, the, the sheriff's wife cooks. And yeah, all she that. used to. The yeah. sh- well, back in the day, the sheriff and his wife lived there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was a prince who 
It was. He got in big trouble, and he got to pick where he wanted to go to jail, and he picked Dukes County because he was on Martha's Vineyard. Oh, was, no kidding. Yeah. I was huh. working there at the time. Were you really? Yeah. Yep. The prince was there, and he came to different classes. The artist formerly known as? No. No, <laughs> no that's a good point. Darn though. it. it is, right, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you guys. So it's a house on Main Street in Martha's Vineyard yeah. with a few bars and a flag, and that's a house of correction. And so... Literal bars. There's no actual... Oh, uh, you know, not like lounges. Right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so that's the jail, and a lot of the guys from there would come to community corrections for um, some kind of programming. So, like uh, outpatient and stuff like that. They oh, would, okay. They would be in jail, but they would come for classes. Oh, okay. And some people yeah, that yeah. weren't in jail but came to community corrections came through the court, so they were mandated into treatment. Right. So. One of the things I often think about, especially now being at the Peer Recovery Center and being trained as a recovery coach, we got trained, and I know it to be true with the way the recovery community and treatment has evolved, that everybody has their own path. Right. And we found, right. they found, Office of Community Corrections has found that when you force people into treatment, oftentimes it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, so part of what we did yeah. with a lot of the... I could see that. Right? The participants, they were told they had to go to AA. They were told they had to go to NA. They weren't given any other options. Yeah. And so like what we're talking about, like you were saying, that um, AA does work. I, I know that to be true. We do advocate for it. I'm all about AA. I would suggest it, but not tell people they have to. Right. That now... With um, the peer recovery center, with the recovery coach model, I also am a, um, a CSP worker um, with High what's, Point and Brockton. What's that stand for, CSP? A CSP is a community support program coordinator. In oh. Yeah, it's really a cool program, and it's the, the evidence is in. The stats are already piling up, and Governor Baker is 100% behind this. It's under he does the, a lot for He does recovery. a lot. He does. Yeah. Hmm. Many months ago, I came home from work one night, and I put the TV on, and the commentator uh, was saying something about Governor Baker. And Governor Baker went on to say that the recovery coach model is really effective, and he has found and he will continue to find the money to support these programs. So currently, I'm working under the a pilot program that they got the money for. Awesome. Bay State got it. High Point got it. And Governor Baker went on to say what we probably already know to be true, that oftentimes people will go into detox or some sort of program, and then they get dropped. They get dropped sometimes yeah. through the system, mm -hmm. but sometimes they go home and they're dropped because they don't, they don't know what to do next. Right. You know what I mean? I know myself, when I got sober, I'm like, okay, now what? Right. You know what I mean? Okay, I went to a meeting. What do I do now? Well, now what do think I do of, now? Right? Think of yeah. when yeah. you say dropped, it just makes me think of how many like really sensitive and beautiful people have uh, been dropped and, and have died. And we have yeah. lost the benefit of the rest of their lives. Mm. Because they didn't society. know what the next step was because to take. That's whatever right. it was, we yeah. couldn't as a as a society get it get it together enough. Uh, to, to help them in, uh, in whatever way, and they couldn't help themselves, whatever it was. Oh, you brought up a good point, you know, because you think about the family, you know, like people go home, people that go into treatment oftentimes go home to their family, and their family really doesn't know what to do. Oh, they're right. pissed. But they're, well, yeah, well, they're pissed, oh, yeah. They're pissed. Like, right. So now you, have, <laughs> right. now you have programs like Learn to Cope. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the other side of Alcoholics Anonymous is Al-Anon, which is huge. huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because... We don't think that we hurt anybody. 
Right. You know, or I'm only hurting myself, all that crap that we tell ourselves. Right. Well, but it works we great. Can, we yeah. can completely devastate our family. Right. You know? You know, right. you brought up a good point, too. Al-Anon is a big part of my recovery as well. Um, when I went to school to be an alcohol and drug counselor, one of the professors there said, "If you could, even though I was in AA and recovery. If you're going to work with an alcoholic, you right. need to... Get your black belt now and on. There you go. Right. Good, very well said. Yeah, well, I was really. Gonna, it was, I was going to say it works great. Like the people in Al-Anon, their their biggest problem is they they their drug is thinking about taking care of someone else and being codependent with them. Right. And alcoholics and addicts, their biggest problem is thinking nothing about anybody else but themselves. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a hand in hand thing. It's yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, it really it's, is good. You know, here's <laughs> here's a nice story about Al-Anon. So when I was still on the vineyard and working in the jail. Um, I was in, involved in Al-Anon, and on the vineyard, we did a lot of outreach with Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. We went into the schools. They, they did a real lot down in Al-Anon. They started Alateen, had meetings yeah. at the Y. Oh, yeah, wow. And so I was teaching at the time in the jail. I was teaching anger management and substance abuse and life skills and all that sort of thing. And I realized the closer I got um, um, therapeutically with the, um, the inmates, the participants, I realized that, like you said, we know we're alcoholics and addicts, and it's about us and what we did. That's what these guys would say. They know they're an alcoholic and addict. They committed a crime. They're in jail. But they didn't really realize that a lot of their behavior was they they ended up living what they learned. Yeah. So they ended up with some of the behaviors they were taught. And so coming mm-hmm. from alcoholic addict families, um, being beaten, all the abuse that happened, they didn't yeah. really realize that was part of um, – the reason they turned out to be yeah. incarcerated. Yeah, you they know, they were affected by, say, alcoholism in their family, and it ended up steering them towards their own alcoholic problem. That's right. You know, not oh, yeah. saying that everyone that that happens for everyone, because there's some people that nothing bad has ever happened to them. They're just an alcoholic. Yeah, you know, well, I, I, right. think, I think it's such a, lot a of times when you're in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And you're so maladjusted to the world as a, as a child, and then all of a sudden. In comes the anesthetic. Yes, yeah. gravitate towards it. You know, it's right. like this is a life anesthetic. I can be happy, and and not have to think about all the stuff, and not mm-hmm. have to worry and be anxiety ridden and all the stuff because I have this an- anesthetic. And of course, that is our coping me- mechanism until it's not. Yeah, until unbeknownst to us, us, it's going to stop working someday. Yes. That's <laughs> exactly. right. You know, we don't realize that at the time, but you know, whatever we're going through at that time, and and we take that drink or that drug, and that feeling just doesn't bother us anymore. That's right. And and we run with that and ride till the wheels fall off. And unfortunately, and, our life stops. Yeah. We think it's still going on, and we think life is going to be okay, and we're getting in, and we're going backwards, and we don't even realize it. Yeah. And we don't have that plan for success. We don't feel like, you know, we have a purpose. We don't feel like we're worth it. Mm. And so often I hear that, and I feel it, and I see it. You know, mm. and that's what I like about the peer recovery centers, and I like about the way um, treatment has evolved, that you can go in and you can do um, these displays of all kinds of resources yeah. and, put, like you said, introduce people to Al-Anon, introduce people to learn to cope. Yep. You know, these. Um, I work with um, clientele that are so full of anxiety that going out into the real world without something in their system to get them through oh. a day. They oh, can't yeah. do it. I I've I've never had it. I've you know, like I've been anxious at times, but like right. to, to have that every day, mm-hmm. you know, I've recently learned how 
crippling it can be. It's crippling, well, Chris. It, you know, it really is. It's like it, in being institutionalized coming out of jail when somebody's like those guys who we went to program with who were, who were like uh, 26 years behind bars. And they'd mm-hmm. go, we'd go over next door to the, to the grocery store to buy stuff and they would be freaking out. Oh, yeah. You know, they can't take it. Because like, the stuff on the shelves and, and, and people are holding phones in their hands and they're like, like, like what? what what is going on here? <laughs> like you know, they feel like they're in the bar in Star Wars, and they want to run away. So like they were, yeah. they were yeah. just used to that. And when you're used to being able to run into a, a bottle or the pill or the, the whatever the bag, yeah. uh, you know, and you come out of that, it's the same thing, right? You're institutionalized into into being, you know. Uh, hiding your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts yeah. and you're behind. And, uh, and- you know, substances. and, and right. uh, if they don't get some type of help while they're in there, they're just, I, I, I've seen it. Guys will come out. They'll get some freedom. They don't know what to do. They commit a crime to go back. Right. Because right. that's the, yeah. they need someone to wake them up, to tell them it's breakfast, Isn't to tell them, amazing go, to, you, go to your cell or your right. room. Right. So, you know, like, it's like a parallel to yeah. relapse. It's like the same thing. They're relapsing on crime. Yeah. Mm. It's Isn't that wild. Mm. Another part of it, too, I see is uh, with women, that women with children, oftentimes uh, um, the women have children, and they're so affected by their mother's um, usage or their mother's behavior that um, moms go home and don't know how to be a parent, you know, and Hmm. same thing for dad. If the dad has custody or the dad's trying to reunite, the family's trying to reunite, that like you're saying, you know, when you're so used to acting a certain way and not being able to um, say how you feel because you don't really know how you feel because it's new, you know, all these things are so new that, again, getting the information and getting education and And, and open to it. You know, I, when I was active, like... I just ended up leaving my son with family. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he'll be okay. Right. You know, and then... The guilt sets in. The guilt, then, yeah. then I just go on. <laughs> I go on this worst tear. Mm-hmm. Finally, I get stopped, you know, by the grace of God and the Brockton Police Department. And, um, you know, I go to jail. I hear of a treatment center. I hear a woman share her story who's in Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And here I now... Okay, I have some ideas of what mm. what I can do, mm. and then I'm two years sober, and my son's grandmother, who had been in recovery for a very long time, says, "Time to step up." And oh, so yeah. now it's like I'm two years sober. I get my <laughs> I get my son back. I haven't really been a father because I was using for a long time. Right. I mean, not in the capacity that I should have been. Right. You know, like right. So now all this fear sets in, and like, luckily I had people around me, you know, in 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 recovery that taught me what I needed to do. Right. And and if, you know, the the person who I had as a sponsor at that time didn't have kids, mm. but mm. his sponsor had been through everything I had been through, you know. So oh, yeah. he was like, oh, and you know, and then I'm I'm working with other alcoholics, and it suggested. You should attend an Al-Anon, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to get caught up at some point, you know, right. and, and not right. know how to deal with the alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I can I can come from a certain standpoint being in recovery myself, but it's going to get frustrating mm-hmm. at some point, you know. You just brought up great points, you know what I mean? Like when you're, you're 
it's suggested to go to AA and you, you know, when I got sober, it was, I got sober through the employee assistance program at the telephone company. Mm. And I'm so, oh, really? Oh my goodness. I've heard that before. <laughs> oh yeah. Funny. Thank God I, thank God I went. It was a day program and I got paid to get sober. All I had to do was show up every day. Yeah. You know? Wow. And yeah. I was so blessed and I got well, paid What was it. the name of the phone company at that time? Uh, what, what, what was the phone company? Verizon. Yeah. I think oh, it was, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verizon. Oh, oh yeah. my God, I know all those names. There was huh? so many. Oh my God. <laughs> Bell Atlantic. Bell, I was just thinking about Bell Atlantic, and I played softball Bell. every year for them. Yeah. And I'm sure it's always changed. Yeah. You know what I my, mean? <laughs> Telebells and Ringo. one of my one of my mom's <laughs> friends worked for the phone company for a very long time. I'm really grateful. We'll talk know, about it after. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank goodness they had the employee assistance program, and they were so good because part of getting sober when they acknowledged, of course. For myself included, I became a better employee. Yeah. You know, so the telephone company acknowledged that and oftentimes you'd get promoted and they that would really put the word out that getting sober and changing your life. Like you know <laughs> we I work I work for the city of Quincy and we say it all the time, fuck up to move up. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it just, yeah. just seems like people that do some of the worst things right. end up with a title. Oh, know? and I used to say that all the <laughs> oh, until I got sober. Easy. I made fun of the people that got promoted. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah good point. You press OK or something over there. I don't know what's going uh, on. Well. Oh yeah, but you know, one of the things I was thinking about is um, so they had their criteria. Um, you go to the two week in house program, and part of it was to go to an AA meeting every night. And I don't really feel like I was forced to, but it was suggested. Yeah. And I heard my own story. And the, the men and the women counselors there said, just go. You're going to hear your own story. And honest to God, the second, the second meeting I went to in Dorchester, I heard my own story. And I heard, I <laughs> yeah. almost died. I'm it's like, this is thing. a setup. I thought. I know. I thought they, she, they knew I was coming. Yeah, they, they knew I was coming. I thought the counselor at EAP sent this woman to go say yeah. this, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Gave her a script. Yeah. Yeah, this is what Betty's yeah. done. I want we you to tell her. We need Betty to get sober. And she <laughs> yeah. has a kid at home. And she hasn't yeah. been a good mom. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. I heard this woman talk about yeah. not being a good mom. You know? Mm-hmm. and The and gift then, of identification. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it happened to me at. Yeah, the f- that's what it is. It happened yeah. to me at the first meeting I I went to behind bars in Plymouth House Correction. In Plymouth, yeah. uh, and it was a woman, uh, and it wasn't like the stories that I identified with. It was like the, feelings, the of, feelings of you know like waking up and saying I'm not doing it today, and then yeah. a couple hours later you're like, how how did I get here again? Right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I like that you brought up about the sponsorship too. You know that um, I thought it was hokey at first. Like, why do I want to ask somebody to be my sponsor? You know, and 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 it's kind of like like the recovery coach thing is like filling that gap Mm -hmm. because it's hard for someone to walk up to like say uh, walk up to talk. Hey, do you want to be my sponsor? You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Right. So now, as a recovery coach, you're getting a sponsor. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a sponsor. Yeah. yeah. Right. It is like a sponsor. What, yeah. yeah. What, what do I do now? Yeah. Okay. My suggestion or what I did was this, mm-hmm. you know, or you can right. go here, you can try this, right. you know. That's what they like too, you know, like us al- alcoholics and addicts, we don't like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Or, but when people come up with their own plan or they ask, then you know they're looking for some yeah. advice or yeah. some direction. Right. Well, know? I think it's it's feeling safe enough to ask is the big thing. You know, when yeah. you when you're uh, when you feel like it's it's you and them, 
it's harder. It's harder to, to open up. It's harder to, to take advice. And then when you feel like they're against you, then you start digging your heels yeah. in and being stubborn. And nobody can – I can be so stubborn, you know. It was my whole – teenage life was being stubborn against my or, or everything yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and that's that's you know i was gonna do what i was gonna do and uh you're not gonna tell me like everything my father is good at that i respect in him now i'm the opposite you know what i mean because that's yeah. the way i went because i didn't get along with him and i was mm-hmm. gonna do the opposite and that's what i did and i ended up you know getting uh, a lot of bad habits because of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we've had other uh, recovery coaches on here, and, and you know, one of them said that she, you know, if she came up with a plan with the person she was working with, she would make them accountable and and, and oh yeah, follow. Did you follow through with this right. accountability? Okay, and why why didn't you? Yeah. And yeah. like me and Tom went through the same treatment center in Hingham, uh, Project Turnabout, oh, and right. yeah, that was huge. We were we had to be accountable. Like the guys that were in that house, accountable to each other. To each yes, other. to each yeah. other. Yeah. We basically ran that place. Like, okay, we need shit paper. All right, you got to get on the phone. You got to call them, and you got to see if they're going to donate something. Donate to us. some. Yeah. Oh. We didn't. They didn't have DPH money, and like oh. at, at certain times of the year, yes, we had to be uh, inspected by DPH. But right. that place ran on people getting on the phones. Saying they clients were from a men's getting on yeah, the phone. clients. Wow, getting on the phone saying they were from a men's treatment center and asking for a donation. So you really did a lot of advocating for yourself. Oh, we did when we I was there, when I was there the second time without Chris. We they, we got donations from Whole Foods, which would be like all sorts of stuff that they wouldn't sell, and we had the weirdest stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the strangest stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but we would. I but mean, you made it work. I bet. We, oh we, yeah. yeah. We end up with uh, <laughs> we'd end up with Red Sox tickets, Celtics tickets, freaking oh. you know, because we'd have a list of places that we would call, and it would be months and months, sometimes years, that these places would get called again. New Balance, New Balance, New Timberland, oh, wow. Timberland, oh, sneakers oh, like we'd get oh. cases of, cases of Timberland jeans, flannels, and, oh, and yeah. like guys that came in that had nothing, like myself. Right. I yeah, came in with jail. A, one pair of pants that were way too tight now because I gained. Like sixty-seven yeah, pounds yeah. in jail, <laughs> right, right. Um, and like a pair of underwear and a t-shirt. That's like what I came. That's to it. Turnabout in, and guys were like, "Doesn't take do long for them to search your stuff at yeah, that right. point." And, and I was like, right. "Search my stuff? I came from jail. What right. can I bring here?" Right. You know, that's right. how naive I was to all this. Was, oh yeah. You know, I did. I did thirty days in Bridgewater and got out and was using within six hours, swearing the whole time that I wasn't going to do it gonna. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then mm-hmm. a couple months later. All right, 18 months. But I asked for it because I had just proved to myself mm-hmm. if I get cut loose, because they offered it to me. They said, listen, we can get you on probation again after I went back for three weeks. I had already kicked dope and new man. And I was like, no, um, I'll just plead guilty and give right. me my time. Because I didn't know what to do, but I yeah. was I felt like I was somewhat safe in jail. Not saying that stuff isn't in there because i seen it. You right. Know, I, I, right. But so uh, I had some degree of safety being in there. Right. So you, you got up. sober through the through the uh, phone company. I got sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, thank you, thank Rabbit you, telephone hole. company. Yeah, and you know, it just took, you know, and I knew I was done, you know, and I knew mm. a couple of days into it, I'm like, I know I am so done. And I think I knew like 
my security was hanging over my head, like my job, like what would I do without oh, that yeah. job? Because that was an amazing job back then. That was an, right. I, yeah, I got paid well. Yeah, I had a right. good job. And um, and thank God I got sober and I was able to take an early retirement. And I'm so glad you just asked me about that again. And before, um, before I retired, I decided to go to school to UMass to the alcohol and drug um, training to be a counselor. Wow, and, so and, and how, lo- how long did it, it take? It, well, it takes about a year, but you don't go to school the whole year. Right. You go for three months, you do the classes, and you do, yeah, I have three months off. I started in the, the spring, had the summer off, went back in the fall, did the other classes, and you do your um, internship. Is that the and full-time, having a full-time job as well? I had the full-time job with the telephone cool. company. I had a son at home and um, in school, and God is so good. I have a God in my understanding in my life, my mm-hmm. my God. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, before I decided to do this, I was living in Dorchester and Savin Hill, and the, uh, there was a halfway house up the street, the Shepherd House. And so I started meeting women in the meetings and picking them up and taking them to meetings. And so when I decided to go to school, I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if the Shepherd House will let me do my internship up there. Nice. And I was working for the phone company, and I was a coin collector. So I was um, I was taking going the- all the payphones. Oh, the payphones! Yeah, I, did, yeah, I was like coin was collector. Job. And so I was putting all Times this, thank changed. God I was sober, because I mean, you know what I mean? I was clear-headed, and I was making a plan for my future, mm. and I'm like, mm. so I'm up the Shepherd House taking the money out of the payphone, I'm like, I should do my internship here, because I'm already signed up, I'm already in school. There so I asked for the director, the director knew me, because I picked the women up all the time. And, ah, um, yeah, she was cool. so good. I was the first intern they had. Awesome. Yeah, so that started my my um, my career, so to speak. I did my internship there. Shortly after that, I, I got my first job in the field at Woman's Hope in Roxbury. No, yep. Jamaica Plain they were at, and then um, Roxbury, Dorchester. What did the internship consist of? The internship consisted of, I think it was two or 300 hours you had to do. And that would be like you would shadow it first. You'd go in and see how the the program ran. Okay. You know, you'd sit in the groups. And it was so funny. Um, I would sit in the groups and the ladies would tell their stories and I'd cry. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, going to yeah. make a great counsel. All I do is cry at people's stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, they're, they're either going to like me or get rid of me. I'm not quite yeah, sure, right? right? And um, sure enough, it was just hearing it so... These women, I'm telling you, all women, just like you guys, when you're and you um, people are in program, and you get that peer support, and you can identify, and yeah. like, you know, we're saying like when you know you have something in common, and you oh, know, yeah. oh my goodness, it was so heartwarming. So then I would be assigned um, clients. I'd have a small caseload, and then I'd uh, work with somebody on the shift and just do the every day or every night. Things that happen in a halfway house. Would it be like a sit down, like a therapy session type yeah. of thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. for the most part, you're not getting paid for them. Oh, we, right. I didn't get paid. Unpaid intern. Yeah. No, yeah, it's well, not paid. Yeah. I mean, even, a, even there are some where you can, but yeah, people that are already working in the field and yeah. they go to school, yeah, mm-hmm. end up being able to use their um, work experience as their internship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what. See, I worked overnights at our, the program we went through for two years or a year, year and a half or something like that. And, and we had our first progress uh, uh, podcast that we published had our counselor. We had the same counselor. Oh, great! Mm. And oh. He, he said afterwards that he would sign up on me um, for those hours. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. perfect. It would be pretty cool. 
I mean, right now I'm like dedicating all my time to trying to learn how to do this stuff. I know. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm telling right? you, this is the first time we went live, and it was an absolute struggle to get that computer yeah. and that camera uh, to work together to go to YouTube like I feel like all thumbs and when I, it's coming. I feel oh, like a great. victory has been made. I, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah, so if if you're out there, we do have a YouTube channel. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel now, and uh, we are live. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Yep. Right. Uh, Hopefully Instagram Live at some point, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting, you know, being able to be in recovery and being a recovery coach, a CSP worker, coming to the recovery center with clientele and mm. then coming for my own interest, you know, right. and... I feel honored to be here to be part of this, you know, and to be able to say that anybody can recover, you yeah. know. And, and, and like I've seen in the past um, some people who get sober and get into the field like very quickly mm. and they end up falling back on their own recovery. Right. And basically using working in treatment as their recovery. Yeah. And right. end up. Oh, yeah. End up. Yeah. You know, some of them have died, you know. Um, oh, yeah. The counselor that w was there uh, that we, uh, one of the counselors died. Yeah. Uh, mm. Randy, he was, he mm. used to have the, the, the most smoothest radio voice and we'd sit oh, there yeah. in, in the group oh. and we'd all fall asleep and oh. <laughs> get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. He, he ended up, something happened. He ended up getting let go by the company that, you know, ran the program. We something were in, happened. And, he uh, like took somebody's medication or but something. The, like but then bad. one day, so. <laughs> this is like two or three days after he got let go. Um, he walks in the house. Everyone sees him, like all the residents. He walks over to the med cabinet because he still had the keys. <laughs> he opened oh. it up and cleaned it out. And, and all the upper residents are like, did anyone say anything to him? Did anyone like try and stop him? No, he was staff. No, he wasn't staff anymore. He was fired. Oh, <laughs> like you just let this guy come in and rob the house, basically. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, uh. but that goes with the whole... New in, in recovery right. thing, and, and, and how do I approach someone? Oh, yeah. You know? You're a raw nerve. Oh, you yeah. Know, no, Good no point. Know what to do. Yeah. I think yeah. early in recovery, too, not not all of us, but I don't think we know boundaries very well. Yeah. You know? Oh, we no. had oh, yeah. the, some of the – I still use a lot of the stuff we learned, like right. being assertive. Being and, assertive is, is huge. Right. You don't know – when you – you know, before I knew about assertive, it was either, you know, whatever you want or until I was – hugely angry and then it was yeah. you know i'm gonna yell you know right you sit there and be passive most of the time passive whatever you want even if you're a complete uh, using me like a doormat yeah because i yeah, don't have sure. anything okay. else yeah. Yeah, i don't yeah. have anything else besides acting like a total idiot you know mm. i can either act like an idiot out of my mind red in the face or i can let you do whatever you want and be a doormat there's definitely a middle ground that most people learn if they're not out pouring poison into their bodies every day. Yeah. Mm. They usually learn that in the normal course of growing up. Mm. However, I did not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. I was a doormat until I wasn't, and then I was an asshole. But I think you bring up a good point, too, about alcoholics and addicts. I think we're angry people. You know what I yeah. mean? And just because we put the substance down doesn't mean that we can change the behaviors right away. No. You know? And no. if we don't, again, get the tools or the information or the education around how to... To deal with that and yeah. how to act and not react, yes. you know, and I think that goes along with the point of people maybe um, not having enough of a foundation before you right. go in and try it's, helping it's a, it's others. A, 
it's a slippery slope. Yeah. It can be slippery. <laughs> you know? And, you know, even people that have long-term sobriety, we're all human. Yeah, absolutely. Know, and right. it happens. I worked with um, some people that I thought would never pick up, you know, and I had them on a pedestal, like, oh, my God, this person's amazing. Yeah. And then in no time at all, I'm like, geez, I think he's using. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and then, yeah, and then you're afraid. Like, I'm afraid to am, approach am, it. Yeah, am I, am I, no, am I right? No, I don't know. I know, yeah, you know, and it ended thing. up, of course, you know, you got usually right. And yeah, luckily I, I had oh, to yeah, face know. that. You know, um, right? We know. Yeah. Luckily I had to face that early in my sobriety while I was in treatment. Uh-huh. And, you know, because there was a couple of times, guys in the house, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, what's going on? And if I'm not sure, then I go to the, uh, a few other guys. Hey, how does he look? Right. It's, he looks fucked up. Okay, right. so what do we do now? We call a house meeting. Right. And it's you know, just such and an amazing, it, right? yeah. such yeah. an amazing contrast when you see someone sharing about their kids and how they're so happy to, that they might be getting them back in their lives, and they, you know, they're talking spirituality and they're talking like they got it all together, and they're so. You know, such a beautiful person to listen to share, and then the next thing you know, they're just a wreck out of their mind. It's like, wow, this is what we're into. This is yeah. this is the reality. This is the reality of substance mm-hmm. abuse. Is is a beautiful person gets taken and a shell of themselves are put, are put in their place. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what happens. And you know, it, you know, being in that in that treatment center, a lot of the guys came in from jail, and mm-hmm. some of the guys are just old school, and they'd be like, "Oh man, you can't say nothing. You got to keep this to yourself." Right. And I'm like, "Right, yeah, but what if someone what else gets died? high?" Yeah. I found a we found a kid overdosed yeah. in, the, in the in the in the bathroom. program. Uh. And you know, he's he talks about it. He's luckily he's alive. Uh. He yeah. talks about it. He said, "I tried heroin once. I still don't know what it's like because uh. he overdosed right away." Uh. You know, and, uh. and then it got to the point where I was on what they called reentry. Oh yeah. So I could go out. I could work. I could do whatever I wanted to do. I just had the safety of coming back to the right. house. Right. And right. you know, guys were co-signing. Guys using it in the house. I said, "Listen." I don't have to be here. Right. You got 25 years over your head. You know, I'm going to just say I want to go. Mm-hmm. And my counselor came in on a Monday and I said, I want my out date for Wednesday. And he said, what's going on in the house? Because yeah. he knew. He knew. You know? Yeah. And it, it wasn't about ratting on anybody. It was yeah. about trying to save someone's life. And keeping you know? yourself safe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to come home. And, and, and that's, it's tough, you know, like how they have a lot of the um, harm reduction. Mm. Like for someone that has, like their path is to stay 100% abstinent because they know themselves or whatever. And then to be put into a situation where Mm. you get to come home and there's someone that, you know, I'm not knocking medically uh, assisted treatment treatment Mm. if it's done the right way. Right, I agree. I don't, like, because some people... I think it should be kept separate. That's what mm. I think. Yeah. But mm. that's, I don't know. But you know, that's you're obviously a hell of a lot more qualified to talk about treatment uh, than me. But that's, yeah, well, right. that's a what tricky I see. thing, too, because it does trigger people. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And then some people um, can get um, resentful that somebody appears to be under the influence. However, they're under the, they're, they're on medication assisted treatment and they're not shooting heroin. Right. You know what I right. mean? So it works. So it's like, you know, that. How do you how do you weigh that out? Right. You know, well, like how do you how do you sit there? How do you sit there as someone who's who's abstinent 
unless you have it in your head that you just don't want it anymore, it looks disgusting to you. But sometimes you could be sitting there and going, look, I could be doing this and I could still be getting high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why am I sitting here without getting high? And they're there getting high on their medically assisted, you know, mm-hmm. right, stuff. A lot of it works, though. You know, my experience has shown me that, um, you know, when I first went into the field mm-hmm. uh, way back when, we were all or none, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, you do anything over and above, then you're not clean and sober, you got to go. You know, and the, yeah, the halfway right. houses were geared like, oh, no, you can't come in, we don't take that, we don't take that. Same thing with the mental health, yeah. you know, which thank God the, oh, my God, thank God the field has evolved to, like, really address mental health. When you were talking earlier, I was thinking about, um, you know, especially – um, with um, incarceration, when I was on the vineyard, um, I did a lot of trainings through the um, criminal justice system. And one of the trainings I did was on trauma, women in trauma. And mm. then we talked about men in trauma. And this woman um, clearly said, when, whoever you meet um, in jail or wherever, anybody that's coming for help, just consider they have trauma. Yeah. We all oh, have yeah. had trauma. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You know, and so if people can be on medication-assisted treatment and they're not going to have some of their trauma triggered, then more power to them. Yeah, you know? right. But and if they don't under- address underlying problems, mm. right, then, you know, they're just going to go back, I think. I yes, know. yes. Well, I think with the medication-assisted treatment, too, if um, I, I think you mentioned it already, if it's done properly and if you really follow the protocol – in you, it's a program of integrity. If yeah. It's an right. honest program. Yeah. If you really want to be well and stay well and do the next right thing, it's a, a drug is a drug, a, a substance is a substance. So we're all privy to abusing it. Yes. If you want to do yeah. the next right thing, you're going to do the next right thing. Right. Some people might, it might not appear that to other people, you know, mm. and right. hence, you were, know. Were you able to go from that? Um, Day program, uh, just to meetings, and 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 then the grace of God. I, yes, stay sober. Yeah, I I put it down. I never picked it up. Beautiful. Yay, Betty. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. that's my. You know, thankfully, that's my story. That's like, your story. I, yeah. Sixteen years. I, I. So I need to hear what happens. Right. Because I don't. Ha- I don't know what that feels like to to come in here, relapse, go back out there, like to be exposed to recovery, to relapse. I don't. I don't ever want to know what that feels like. I yeah, know, unfortunately, I was not a, of that variety. <laughs> you know, like once, like I, I found alcoholics. And I, ah. I found twelve step recovery in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I heard about the treatment center from someone else in jail. Ended up going there, you know, and been here since. You know what I was um, thinking of a few minutes ago. That that's a great segue into this. And you, um, Tom, Tom, right? Yeah. I feel silly. I had to ask you after an hour. What's your name? That's, a, <laughs> that's <Tom>. okay. <laughs> Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> you know, I keep on thinking about when you were sharing that. Like we have a brain addiction. We we have a disease of the brain. Yeah. So when we learned in AA or NA, you know, it's um, <clears throat> our brain is affected and. We didn't know that we don't have choices, you know. Mm. What we didn't learn was the real science of it, you know. So we Mm. would hear, like, I don't know, it's cunning, baffling, insidious. That's all we knew about. We didn't realize until we got more information that we don't, the person ourselves, we're not really making that decision. Our brain is. Yeah, right, right, right. The chemistry. Right? We retrain the brain. It's like once, once you take the first drink. 
the drink takes you. That's the that's the whole thing. That's but it's, the brain. It's the, but it's yeah, to, to understand yeah. the the, the medical and and chemical aspect of it. That's right. We had a guy on actually who's sitting out there, Dan. Oh yeah. Um, like he said, once he learned that stuff, yeah, now it it, it you made know, sense. yeah, it made sense. It like sense. now I understand, you right. know, because because we we keep it on a moral level. Right. Like how the hell can I do that again? Why can't I have just one? Yeah, because well, just one, and it's a chemical that's causing your chemical receptor brain right. to do different things. Yeah, you know, well, it's it the pleasure center with... and it's the reward center. It's right. the same thing when I was in um, um at the jail and community corrections, and when. You know, we did a lot of um, the curriculums for criminal thinking, addictive thinking, and some of the the characteristics were the same. Yeah, yeah. And then you put anger management. I taught anger management as well, and I taught how we have an angry brain. Mm. And that part of the brain is the part that's um, determining your behavior. It's not us ourselves. We're all angry anyway, in right. some sense. Isn't that but, the, the amygdala, you know, right? Yeah. And it, and it, and it's like the, the most primitive part of your brain. So in it, the emotions go um so quick when they come from there that it doesn't go through the uh the thinking part of your brain mm-hmm. so it's just it you do you right. react right it's like it's like back in the day when they when you were a caveman when we were caveman yeah. and something was there to kill you you had to react you couldn't that's think right. about it. oh well what is it you're dead yeah so it was that fight or flight fight or flight yeah. and so that's yeah. what it is you, you react you right. just go because it's a normal thing. It's a pathway. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was, I was just listening to um, somebody was just talking about, um, you know, thoughts are making like grooves. It's like grooves in a sled hill in the snow. And it, and it, the more times the sled goes down that one groove, the more hard it is to go on a different groove. You just go right into That's it, right. into that yeah. groove. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they were the, what it, the the show was about psychedelics. It was I think it was Rogan's show about psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> he's, always, he's always talking about that stuff. But they're, they're saying they were talking about ibogaine. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and they and they use ibogaine as a psychedelic, a heavy duty psychedelic. They use it in a medical setting to, um, you know, help people with uh, opiate addiction. Uh-huh. And they do it a lot in Europe, I guess. And it's, uh, it's dude, effective. I know, I know who knows. I, don't I, know, I know people that uh, have had. Uh, awesome experiences with uh ayahuasca right dmt which is something that's in our body anyways yeah you know like some people a lot of people don't know this but bill w like he messed around with psychedelics because he was stuck spiritually right he he couldn't grow spiritually and he needed something you know and i i talked to one kid that i used to sponsor and uh you know, he struggled with gambling. He struggled struggled with drinking and and drugs. And uh, he's done the steps. He's helped others and and did tons of stuff and kept going back to it. And uh, I talked to him recently. He's like, "Man, I went on an ayahuasca retreat." He goes, "It's that's the part that was missing for me." Wow. I well, wonder. I wonder what happened there. Like, I wonder what they teach. Uh... No, it's 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 a it's a hallucinogenic that oh. you take. It's it's a drug. Oh, what they say, oh. yeah. What it's I began. What they or that's DMT. Ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca. DMT. So what they say, what he was saying with that analogy with the snow and the groove and the, saying it's like wiping that whole hill clean, and you know yep. you can go anywhere you want. Yep. Um, oh, I get it. Okay. But he, the, this this kid that you know, a friend of mine, you know, he's like that. That was the piece that I was missing as as an alcoholic and an addict. Mm. See, goes, that's beautiful. And and he did this. One thing, and like I guess you really 
trip your balls off. Like it's pretty pretty intense depending on, you know, because I know other people that have done it as well and they tried to explain it to me as best they could. Um, but he said, you know, once I, I, I went through that, like my whole entire wow. outlook on life was different just yeah. from wow. this one little that's wild. Trip, yeah, it's, basically. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. but, but it is changing the brain chemistry. Right. right? Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the, and they're actually, there's a lot of research going on right now with psilocybin, which is what's in mushrooms. Yeah. And oh, they're yeah. actually trying to get that, um, uh, what, what do they call it? Protocol. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get that as a protocol to treat um, uh, opiates, opiate addiction and stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, supposedly it works. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know that what worked for me was I had to change myself inside, yes. Yes. and it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. through psychedelics that I did it. I had to be, you know. <laughs> right. Well, hence, um, you know, I got sober so long ago that AA was the way a lot of people are getting sober mm-hmm. and getting into the steps and doing I mean, that moral inventory and making yeah. the amends and getting yeah. humble and asking for all your shortcomings to be removed and yep. doing yep. the work, basically, and, but, that inside. But now so many... There's like so many branch offs from that, right. you know, like, okay, say someone that just did cocaine didn't feel comfortable in Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, right. now there's cocaine anonymous. Right. Now, right. all right, someone didn't feel comfortable going to Narcotics Anonymous. Now there's Drug Addicts Anonymous. Right. But they all use the basic They all use the basic. basic and is the thing again, too, I experienced this on the vineyard, too, when um, Community Corrections or OCC didn't really like us to take um, or work with uh, clientele that were on medication-assisted treatment. It was just their protocol at the time. Then treatment, we became more treatment than punishment in the criminal justice, which was great. And we did a lot of positive things, positive psychology, the reward system and all that. And then they were open to, yeah, you know, Suboxone works. So let's like let um, the people be on Suboxone, come to the program and help them recreate their life and however um the uh, one of the dilemmas was a lot of people did not feel um, comfortable going to na or aa being on suboxone and they felt stereotyped they Mm. felt judged they felt like what they were sharing was a little different it was different because they had a different treatment and so it was so great one of the prescribers on the vineyard um had a support group Really? Yeah, it was so cool, and he did it in his um, conference room in, at, um, where he worked. And nice. it was great, you know, because um, the guys were staying clean and sober, and they had their own network of support. Yeah. You know, the and, first time yeah. I ever even heard about Suboxone, I was in the Fa- Faulkner. Is that where I was? It's the one near the Ar- Arnold Arboretum. Yep. Yes. Faulkner. Yeah. Faulkner, yep. I was in Faulkner Detox, and I was jam sandwich on Subox, and I was <laughs> drooling on myself. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, this is, they're supposed to be detoxing me from heroin. Like, whatever they're giving me, I couldn't even keep my head up. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It, yeah. It's like, but I mean, maybe they were just beginning to understand how to use it at that time, but I was out of my mind on that yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't remember anything that mm-hmm. happened. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was asleep most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that <laughs> stuff feels like. No, I, I tried, I tried yeah. the methadone back in the day, but mm. just it wasn't for me. They wanted me to keep going up, and mm. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want that. That's still right. that can be because, um, because right like I say, well. all it's right all for the abuse. time. Yeah. I say this all <laughs> the time. There's money in treating things. There's right. no money in curing it. Because if you cure it, then there's no one to come back and get more treatment. Right. So, 
Right, which is a, a perfectly uh, the story of the program that we went to because now you don't even have to – you can't get a failure to progress in there. After six months, they give you a nice little yeah. see you later and ha- oh. have yeah. a nice life. Before, you had to you, – if you didn't, wouldn't work on yourself, you get a failure to progress and it's back to jail or hit the streets or see you later. Uh, or start the program start over. The program you can over. stay, but you have to start back on step on phase one. Right. Oh, right, yeah. right. So it, it, how, depending on how much you wanted it and how many times you – Failed to progress, right. and, and you know red seat meetings and Ugh. like people just giving you the who and what for, like mm-hmm. calling right. you on your shit. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But that helped me in a lot of life situations for later on down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was able to call people on the shit, and I want people to do that to me as well. Right, right. You know, you're so, making me think that, like, you know, with halfway houses and different treatments, like back whenever, you know, like if you used, you had to go, and oftentimes people would just be discharged to the street, mm. you know? And now I think we yeah. see more of like, okay, so yeah, the guideline here wasn't abided by, but we have a plan B for you. Yeah, so yeah, we had we had right? someone that's, on here. That's um, a good Pat, thing, yeah. yeah. Pat Cronin from Pat Cronin. Northeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said great. that, you know, someone gets discharged, they usually go in somewhere else. Yeah, thank goodness. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I had to... I had to think about that long and hard because i you know from turn coming from turn about it was like you know because what you hate is the junkie behavior or what we used to call the junkie behavior you hate the the drug addict mentality you're trying to scam and, yeah. and lie and dope get through you're and trying to dope right. everybody dope right. mentality yeah. and you start to get angry about it because you start to feel protective of the program that is helping you change your life and yeah. and, and so that was our attitude, and, and it's kind of like you say, it's better to, to realize that they're just still sick, and you need they mm. need to go somewhere else, and mm. don't let their sickness infect other people, right. but right. have them quarantine in some other program so they don't fall, and they'll die. They don't die. Yeah. And, I, and these, <laughs> right? the, the, the jails that are giving the guys Vivitrol before they leave, oh, I yeah. think that's awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah. They still oh, yeah. down in um, Bonstable. Yeah. yeah. Like, because... Who knows? Like you might just want to try that one time, right? And a guy that's been in jail for a while, he's gonna try the stuff that's out there now that he's never tried before, and he's oh, gonna yeah. die. Good luck with that. They're you doing know? that down at High Point in Brockton. Yeah, like yeah. I, that's, you know, if, yeah. if you can't feel what you you want to feel, then you're not gonna do it no more. That's right. You know, right. Right. that's what it's all about. Just that exactly. one that you know, just someone coming out of out of, out of jail and. Not knowing which way to go. Maybe right. someone didn't set up a, right. a care plan for them. Mm. They don't know what they're doing, but they made sure they got that shot before they left. Right. You know, yeah. that's going to give them at least like 28 days. Oh, yeah. It's a safety know? factor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So now with all this um, this uh, career that you've taken on, do you, you find it rewarding? Oh, without a doubt. I don't see me doing anything else. This is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so I think I went into the field when I was seven, seven years. I don't know. I forget. It was so long ago. Seven years. Wow. So seven you had years. plenty of time of just going yeah. and listening and being so I've an AA at, member before yeah. you started. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I have that part also, you know, like I would go into the jails and um, prisons and all that and interview to come to the halfway houses I would be working in, go to drug. I was in drug court, you oh, know, yeah. and the guys would come from wherever, be lugged in and. Yeah. I would be in drug court and take them home to the house or that sort of thing. The women as well to the hello house. And, yeah, it's just it's it's part of my life, you know. And, you know, that old saying that AA isn't my whole life, but it's made my life whole. Right. And I just right. know that when I got sober and I learned that I wanted to live the 
the way I was getting taught that I wanted to pass it on to others and mm. I just I'm I'm always doing something in the field to you know yeah. my own recovery in AA. Oh, and with, what was uh, the thing you were talking about? It's uh, going on tomorrow oh, night. Oh right. So I also because I was sober and stayed. Um, I really liked working with women. And um, that led me to, I was working at the Hello House over the island. Yep. My sister was yeah. in there at oh, one time. Yeah. I remember going to uh, over to, so Yeah, we did so a lot many of programs yeah. over there. And so um, these women called me up and said they work with Self-Esteem Boston. They'd like to come in and offer services um, for free to um, teach women self-esteem. And I'm like, come on over. Yeah. You know? And so I sat in the groups and they started, they were so engaging because you can imagine sitting in a group or sitting in a room and somebody asking you, "What's what does self-esteem mean to you? And, you know, how do you, and of course, everybody felt bad anyway because they're in a halfway house getting treatment. Yeah. So they feel yeah. bad. They think they're bad. And so these ladies would come in and the facilitators would come in and start teaching us um, ways of starting to feel better about yourself, how to make positive lifestyle changes and really be proud of who you're becoming yeah. and let your past go, you know. And, and now, is that find, just for people in recovery or is that it's for? It's basically um, women in programs, women in transition, homeless women, women in halfway houses. Yeah. They started off back in the day working with children. Self-esteem oh, Boston, yeah. and then that's cool. Yeah, with little boys and girls in school. After they still school. do that. No, no. They, they went from that to um, just working with women and getting different curriculums. They have curriculums in all kinds of languages. They go into health centers. They go into all kinds of programs and um, teach people to be f facilitators. Mm -hmm. And then the facilitators go into programs and and teach women self-esteem. So. They um, founded this organization 25 years ago, and they were so successful. And, of course, it's a money thing, too. You know, you have yeah. to wait for the money in the budget. And yeah, right. Sometimes it's down to the wire to get the money to run the programs. But there's a lot of success stories. And that's a that can be another piece of people, people in recovery. Yeah. You know, like alcohol, drugs, whatever. Mental health um, is part of my story, but so isn't self-esteem. Yeah. Oh, you know? I had major self-esteem issues uh, from a young age. I mean, major, you know, and, and all my self-esteem was false. It was all false yeah. uh, stuff that I told myself about myself, you know, that it wasn't, didn't, in the back of my mind, the true me didn't, didn't add up to anything, but I didn't believe that I was good uh, at a basic level. I didn't yeah. believe that I was already all right, like... Um, Do you think some of that is like the way we get conditioned? Oh, totally. It was totally beaten into my head by oh, people yeah. that you know I was supposed to look up to, and uh, and it wasn't it wasn't easy. It was, it was really a hard thing for me to uh, to do that. And, and and there was always a real atmosphere of of a competition uh, amongst a lot of my friends. You know what I mean? And that, and so that. Um, that right there was something that that uh, you know I always believe that that pretty much everybody's you know better than I am in mm -hmm. the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was a hard thing to get over and to get around and to do work around and 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 to to, to um, grow out of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't have anybody to teach me how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> didn't know? either. I can totally relate to that. I come from an alcoholic dysfunctional home or whatever the terminology is these yeah. days. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So <laughs> I didn't have any guidance. I had a lot of um, poor behaviors being taught, you know. And right. yeah. You know that old saying, you end up learning what you live. 
on yeah. living what you learn rather. Yeah. You know, and so when you don't have the role models or somebody teaching you positive how to feel good about yourself or right. for a lot of us being told that we weren't any good and yeah. you're never yeah, gonna exactly. be anything. And then you put the domestic violence in it. A lot of a lot of the people I work with have domestic violence issues. Yeah. And Oof. so when you get beat up or you're in, not even beat up, but emotionally, not just physical, but oh, emotionally. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, you're told I'm, something for so absolutely. many years, yeah. you yeah. begin to believe it. Yeah. You know? I can't tell I, you how I, many people I work with. I suffered with. that when I came in here. Yeah, me you too. Know, complete yeah. dysfunctional relationships. That yeah. would, you know? Of course you're going to fail. You've always been a failure. Yeah. Why would you think this one's going to work? <laughs> so the right. self, so Self-Esteem right. Boston is having a fundraiser? Yeah. Well, it's sort of a fundraiser, but it's basically a party to oh, celebrate right. tomorrow night, 25 years. We all like a party. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a celebration that these two women have, I mean, that the organization has done so much and... You know, it's just something to celebrate. Yeah, for 25 years they've been dedicating, and it's wow. non-profit. You yep. know what I mean? And, and they have a little so, office. And so you, I, it sounds like you're a, you're a very much on board with them. And they, so you're saying their methods are, are they have a, a have it down, and they work, and it works, and it is effective. They teach different things, like different elements of self-esteem. You know, like um, how to feel self-care, how to take care of yourself, mm. how to what you need to be in a healthy relationship. Mm. You know how to. Take care of yourself health wise. That was new this year. Not new this year, but they started this um, nutrition program. Yeah, you know, focus more on that this year. Focus more on like the, what you're putting into your body. Yeah, because there's there's got to be all different aspects to self esteem. Oh, know there's all I mean? kinds of aspects. Yeah. The yeah. job stuff, the yeah. job readiness, the life skills. You know, and oh yeah, yeah. There's so much to it. Hmm. So right, where well, and great. when is this? Party? Uh, the party's tomorrow night at the Hyatt in Boston. Yeah. And, nice. Um, I'm really excited. My um, granddaughter is in high school, and she took a TV class this yeah. year. And she did, uh, her and her uh, um, classmate did a project, and they were, I uh, had to pretend they were TV reporters. And so they did our organization. So nice. it's kind of cool. <laughs> cool. As a, yeah. for, as a recovering mom in Nana, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For her to hear part of my story from me. Yeah. You know, and it was interesting because, you know, she had a whole list of questions. And I said, well, I'm an alcoholic, and I lost a lot, and I made a lot of positive change. And I see her just looking at me. I'm like, Lord, she's thinking now. Yeah. You know what I <laughs> like, mean? Like, wow. Wow. What was Nana really like? Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the, the things that my son may have told her, you yeah. know. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was 11, so he saw her a lot. I put him through a lot. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. and I yeah. tell you, I got sober, and... After um, three months of being sober, I thought I was like, I got it made now. You know, I got these 90 days under my belt. Mm. And I remember <laughs> my sister saying to me, it's a good thing you got sober because we're going to take your kid. I'm like, what would you do that for? You know, and they're like, well, because you weren't a good mother. You yeah. Know, you're, like, yeah. Like we're saying, you yeah. know, I, yeah. wa- I wanted to be, but I wasn't. Right. You know. You don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. Because when you have a kid. It ain't about you nope. no more. No more. Nope. <laughs> right. As much as you want to think it is. Yeah. Right? And you want to pretend it is. But, right. So. Yeah. But anyway, that's great stuff. Yeah. All right. What did so, we do? We went. Yeah. We so you've done, a, you've done a lot in, in your time. Yeah. You've it contributed feels good. I feel a lot. accomplished. I feel yeah. successful. I yeah. feel like it's all my recovery. Yeah. I've known you for a, a long time. A long time. You know, we've yeah. had a lot of good laughs. A lot. You know? <laughs> Definitely. I'll say. Definitely. And yeah. that's that's one of the big things too in recovery, man. Right. You get a 
get out fun and have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fun. That's I right. went to um, the um, comedy night the other night for Moa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. over in Arlington. Yeah. Yeah, they had the, oh my God, they had a bunch of comedians. It was so fun. And just to, like you say, to laugh. Yeah. You know, What's MOA? M O A R, right? Massachusetts Organization for Addiction and Recovery. And oh, Marianne okay. Frangulis has been at the head of this for as long yeah. as I can remember. Yeah, Pat worked there for a long time. Oh, then, Pat did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yep. it was great because there were a lot of people in the audience that were in um, recovery in halfway houses and treatment and i just had a conversation with somebody earlier like you don't really know how to have fun or you you don't think right. you can have fun when you're getting sober and most of the comedians talked about recovery and recovery, oh yeah right? They're funny oh, that's fantastic oh my god are they funny yeah they yeah. keep it real right yeah exactly yeah. we gotta get one on here Yep. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we know a few. We'll... We know a few, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So uh, we're going to have to, uh, yeah, we got to wrap it up. up pack wrap this it stuff up. up. Wow. Because they're going to want to get out of here. But all right. Thank oh, you so great. much, Betty. You're welcome. Yes, My thank pleasure. you, Betty. Yeah, yes, you're welcome. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great being here with you guys. We were yeah. kind of all over the place, but I think, you know, with all your experience and stuff, I think we were almost like sharing with you. A lot. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to share with you. Yeah, <laughs> right? we did. We covered we covered a ton. We, we covered sure a ton. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great too. It was so free flowing. Yeah, it was yes. fantastic. Kind of takes a takes its own form. Yeah, it does. Right? Yeah, good. yeah, it's better than a script. Yeah, right. It's, oh yeah, yeah. we couldn't have done, absolutely couldn't do a yeah. script. No. Yeah. Rehearsal. Rehearsal. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, this was the first time we went on live on uh, YouTube. I feel like it's a victory. That's fantastic. Yes. Live on Excellent. Facebook. Nice. Um, it's it's the site is lolterms.com. The the group Facebook group is uh, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. And uh, please support us. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Um, and uh, that's going to be a wrap. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Peace. I live in this world for the